Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Magic Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Cohen, and as always, I am joined by Magic Gaming General Manager and Head Coach Jonah Edwards. And today we are joined by a special guest, Snubby, uh, Magic Gaming Star Shooting Guard. Thanks so much for hopping on, guys. Greatly appreciated. So this week, uh, Magic Gaming will have two big matchups. Uh, first on Wednesday, August 4th, uh, they will go up against Grizz Gaming. Uh, these two teams played one another in week six with the series ending in a split. Orlando prevailed in game one behind 22 points and nine assists from Reezy and a 13-point, 14-rebound double-double from May. Uh, Memphis earned some revenge in the rematch as Spartaxen drilled a game-winning three-pointer right before the buzzer. Uh, the very next night, uh, Thursday, August 5th, the Magic will be back in action to take on Celtics crossover gaming. Boston has won five straight. Uh, like Orlando, they were off last week. So, Jonah, let's first break down these matchups. Uh, last week, uh, the Grizz lost a pair to the Pacers and split their series with Gen G. Uh, having already played Grizz gaming, what are the challenges they present and what are you hoping your team will be able to exploit against them? Yeah, you know, obviously they're they're still a very similar team than when we played them, you know, several weeks ago. Um, they have not changed much, and I, I would say I think that they're they're very transition offense heavy. Um, they they need those points to to have a, a high efficient offense. Um, still still pretty solid sound defensive team where you know obviously if if you're you're playing the game fully in half court they're going to they're going to definitely do a good job of of containing containing kind of what you want and you know so we'll look at you know nothing's nothing much has changed as far as you know it's still Vandy uh his team and and that offense and you know if you can stop him you can certainly stop that team and um you know it'll it'll be a lot of Vandy and, and authentic african uh, on wednesday as for the celtics uh, they are led by their backcourt of ft and walking bucket uh, they really revamped their roster after a disappointing campaign a year ago. Uh, what have you seen from Boston this year? Yeah, you know, I think FT has been great the last several weeks. Um, I know they've, they've done a little little flipping around with who's going to play point guard and who's going to play shooting guard. But, um, you know, I, ultimately, I think he's probably the better one of the two. And and certainly, you know, but, but Bucket certainly has, has potential and capability to, to score a lot as well. But I think that the biggest difference in their team this year is their their defense. I think they're one of the top defenses in the league, at least in the, the upper half. And um, Tezo has been phenomenal. They're locked down. So uh, obviously invested, the, I believe, the, the the fifth or sixth overall pick. I forget which one because they, they picked it both selections. But um, you know, obviously he, he's been phenomenal. So, you know, to me, a lot of their team is about their defense. And if you're able to kind of crack that, I think you know, you're going to have a good a good chance against Boston. Now, Snubby, I, I mentioned before your team had a bye week uh, last week. Did that give you guys a chance to refresh, re-energize, and open up more time to prepare for the games ahead? Yeah, whenever you have, you know, a bye week, um, that is your time to kind of, you know, kind of put behind what happened, you know, learn from it. Uh, I'd say like our last bye week, you know, last time of the bye week, we after we came off that week, we went 4-0 after the week before when we went 0-4, so – basically the same situation now and we've been practicing and, you know, trying new stuff and you know, obviously we need to go four and and, you know, for us this season, win every single game. So that's uh, what we want to focus on this bye week. And you'll have two intriguing matchups at your position this week with chess for Memphis and walking bucket 
for Boston. Do you get extra motivated when you get to go up against some of the other elite shooting guards throughout the league? Yeah, you know, whenever you get to go up against like names like that, you know, I'd say most of them obviously are, are have been really good this season as it's been a really important position. Anytime you go up against someone like that, you know, you're just, you know, like you're kind of looking forward to it because you usually end up guarding them. So whenever that happens, you know, it definitely gives you more motivation. You played point guard with Hornets Venom GT last season. This year you're at the shooting guard spot. Has it been a big adjustment for you to switch guard spots? And, and is being able to play multiple positions somewhat that you're comfortable with and speaks to your versatility? Yeah, switching over to shooting guard was a pretty easy transition because that was kind of what I was like, uh, I would say like trying to play coming off last season. So when I originally got drafted, I wasn't really supposed to play point guard. So it just kind of happened and, uh, you know, I was okay with it, but um, it's been pretty seamless at the shooting guard position this uh, year has been really important. And uh, like having a ball handler instead of having just like a sharp has, has uh, proven really uh, useful to a lot of teams this year. And um, yeah. Jonah, talk about Snubby's play this season. Teammates have raved about him all year long and just watching it appears his leadership has helped make a big difference. Yeah, you know, Snubby's not really someone who's like this outspoken leader in a way that will kind of motivate you that way, but more of an on-court kind of lead-by-example type of guy. So um, obviously he's been phenomenal in, in almost every game this year and, you know, just a, a symbol of consistency for the team. You know, we can rely on him to kind of show up and, and be the same thing every day. And when you got a guy like that, it, it certainly makes it makes my job a lot easier. Uh, it definitely makes Reed's job a lot easier and other guys in the team. So, um, you know, I can't say enough about him. He's, he's definitely lived up to expectations and, and he knows that. And um, obviously the team right now has been going through, you know, a little bit of a down spell. And, you know, we're kind of leaning on, on Justin a little bit to, to help help us fix that. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll really see kind of what, you know, I've said this a lot, Josh, but we're really going to see what we're made of this week. And, um, you know, I think that, that Justin's going to be a big part of it. So. What has been your messaging to the team following the, the 0-4 week uh, a couple weeks ago? keeping their heads up and just keeping that confidence high. I know this group has proven they can be very resilient, overcome adversity. Uh, just what has been the messaging in the locker room to keep their heads up and make sure that they're focused on the games ahead? You know, you're definitely right. We're, at times this year, we have been pretty resilient. But I'll say that last, uh, you know, the last four games we played, we certainly were not that group. And uh, it's more about kind of finding that in ourselves. You know, it's that late push in the season where a lot of teams, you know, um, may lack motivation. I know that seems hard to believe. But, you know, after months and months of playing the game, you know, several hours a day, every single day, that burnout starts to set in a little bit. And, you know, it's a big part of the big part of the reason that you see teams kind of make movement in, in the standings at this around this this part of season. So, um, the message has really just been like, get back to being that group of, of resilient, lifting each other up and being there for each other. And um, not only that, but, you know, I, I will say that over the last few weeks, our defense has not been what it was. And I think a big part of our goal going into this week is to make sure we're playing as good a defense as we can. Cause you know, at this point, Josh, we're, we're we got six games left in our season and we think we got to win all six. Um, and if we don't go six and oh, we don't think we're one of those initial five playoff teams, but if we do go six and oh, we do think we're going to get in. So uh, at, at the time being, we still think we control our own destiny and we're going to try to, you know, get in that way. So the message is really just kind of be resilient, be that team again. Let's, let's play some defense and understand that we're back against the wall. So, you know, we've got nothing left to lose. Are there any major differences playing at home and on the road? You guys 
have been exceptional at home and struggled in road games this season. Does the setting make a major impact on what teams are able to do as far as execution and getting into a rhythm? You know, that, that's funny. You, you brought that up. I, I, I noticed that on the, on the standings page and the league website as well. And um, multiple people have brought that up to me, Josh. That's funny. I, it, did, it definitely does not. I think that just is like, for whatever reason, the games that we've won have been home games. Um, there's actually like visibly no difference aside from obviously the court is, is different uh, very literally. And also you can shake this person's screen when they're shooting free throws, kind of like that's the home court advantage you have. But I, I certainly don't, you know, like think that contributed to any wins or losses. So um, aside from those, though, there's really no difference. So it's kind of just a fluke, to be honest with you. Interesting. Yeah, I was wondering that, like you said, I was looking at the standings and noticed that your team had somewhat of a, a difference when it came to home and road record, not necessarily the case with some of the other teams. So you helped uh, elaborate on that. The NBA 2K League just announced that the playoffs this season will be held in person in Dallas at the uh, Mavs Gaming Hub. How exciting was it to hear that news, Jonah, after two seasons of everything being remote? Yeah, it's it's obviously a huge relief to see that, you know, eventually we're going to get back to a, to a world where we can play these games in person again and um, kind of get get that life back in our league. But obviously we'll see how, how things trend as things are kind of trending the opposite direction of where we'd like to see it headed, especially in our state currently. But, um, you know, optimistic about the future. And, and certainly, you know, if we're able to get to Dallas, you know, obviously I'm familiar with the Mavs Gaming Hub and kind of, you know, in my eyes, built, built the dang thing myself. So, um, you know, we would love to get back there and, and kind of, you know, get, get some wins there. I think that would be a lot of fun. Since you came into the league last year, Snubby, obviously your NBA 2K League experience has only been remote. Have you ever had a chance to participate in an in-person competition? And if so, what are the key differences between remote and in-person action? Uh, unfortunately, I haven't come into the league last year, but you know, only in-person stuff I had is, you know, just like when I played like baseball as a kid. But, you know, we had some, I had some big games. Uh, playing baseball like you know we had like we would have a couple thousand people sometimes in our biggest game so I do understand what it's like to play in front of the crowd even though it's not like a video game but I have heard there is a difference in terms of like 2k in terms of you know playing at home or at like you know in your market versus the studio uh so you know it just can be a different feeling yeah is this something you're looking forward to whether it be this season or future seasons being able to either play in front of a crowd or simply have that energetic energetic environment around you for you to kind of build off of that and have your kind of teammates side by side in a studio and have the opponent right across from you. Yeah, I'd certainly like it for it to be this season, obviously, as only the playoff teams get to go. So it's, I'd say it's definitely a privilege to get to do it this year. Um, yeah, playing in front of a crowd, it's obviously going to be really fun just to kind of, you know, see the, the reactions they have during the game and kind of feed off the crowd, especially, you know, if you have like family coming. Um, and yeah, and obviously getting to play right across from getting to hear the trash talk will be a lot of fun. Just going around the league a bit, Jonah, of players who have been in the league prior to this season, who is someone that has really elevated their game? Maybe a most improved player type or simply someone who added more to their arsenal to become a more complete player? Yeah, you know, I've, I've raved about this guy a few times, Josh, but to be honest, I was a critic of Beast Move last year. I thought he was just left a lot to be desired in his role in, in you know, in, in Golden State. And uh, this year, obviously, with Genji, I think he's been, in any of their wins, probably their their standout player. And so, um, 
you know, obviously he was incredible in season two, so it's hard to say he's the most improved, but I think we're seeing a glimpse back at, at what he was in season two this year. And, you know, if, if we were to say that, I would, I would say him, but also I'd, I'd give the nod to, to Robbie, to May. I think that if there was a most improved award that the league, you know, actually gave out, I think Robbie would be in the top five in consideration there. And certainly, certainly a guy who, who would deserve it, I think. Yeah, May definitely seems like someone who's deserving of that award if it existed. They don't have that award currently, right? It's just MVP, Rookie of the Year, and Defensive Player of the Year. Correct. Yeah, yeah. There's no def- or there's no most improved at least as of now. But I forgot to throw I should throw Shifty Kai in there as well because obviously his the difference in his efficiency between last year and this year is alone is is worthwhile probably uh, you know the merit to to get the award as well. Yeah, absolutely. And Snubby, who would you say right now is the league's best defender? Maybe someone that has gone up against you or simply around the league at a different position. Is there anybody that really stands out this year that has gone above and beyond on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, yeah, I'd say there's probably a few. I'd say, um, obviously, Just Awkward's been just as good as he was last year. I think Trot from the Horns has been really good. He was um, a teammate last year. I think more people are seeing how, how consistent he's been this year. And then uh, I'd say Tazo from the Celtics as well has been really uh, underrated. And uh, Celtics have one of the best defenses, and it's a large part because of him. Now, for, for guys, Jonah, that are more programmed to be offensive-focused, how important is it for them to also be defensive-minded? Obviously, for those unfamiliar with the game, many would assume that if someone has an archetype that's more on the off- offensive side of the ball, they might believe that they don't either play defense or simply can be removed from defensive possessions. How does that change in terms of the mentality when either you either don't have defense set into your sort of programming your, your build, but still have to commit to that side of the floor and make a big impact. Well, to be honest, I think you're speaking to, to what a lot of teams in this league struggle with where the, the point guard this year that, you know, the best point guard builds that are the most commonly used in this year's build are most of them have zero to little defensive stats. And so you kind of got a guy in the court, you, you almost have to try to hide uh, in some, in some places, but there are also point guards in this league that are great defenders. Um, and, and you don't only hide them, you, you play to them. And if, if, you know, if you're the worst defensive build and I, w- I would use JBM as an example for the wizards and obviously they have incredible team defense, but if JBM wasn't able to guard the hash and get some, some fast break points with just awkward, that team would be a lot different offensively. You know, they aren't certainly not this half court offensive monster. They're very efficient, um, but they're, they're certainly not, you know, dominant that way. So um, even though you wouldn't you suspect it, I think that, uh, you know, that is what you're speaking to is why a lot of teams are either good or not good defensively. I would say bash as an example too. They, they force, he forced a lot of turnovers playing the wing defensively. And I think just in general, it, it, it helps the team, you know, uh, just, just score more in transition and get those free buckets that the teams desperately need. Awesome. Well, that's great insight. Really appreciate both of you for coming on. Outstanding insight. Uh, once again, Magic Gaming will be in action twice this week, uh, Wednesday, August 4th. Uh, they will go up against Riz Gaming starting at 7 p.m. And then on Thursday, August 5th, it's Orlando versus Boston. And that action begins at 7.45 p.m. Uh, you could watch all the action on Twitch. And for games on the national broadcast, you can also tune into. YouTube. Thanks again, everyone. And we will catch you next time.